0: Minimists (laughs) Alright dude this does look frizzy I wonder how I can like I gotta talk to Oya about how to not make it look so frizzy You know we're live right? Oh hi (laughs) 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 Howdy everyone my uh, name
1: is Ryan Nicodemus. And I'm Joshua Fields Milburn, and together we are The Minimalists. Welcome we to another live stream. It's Ask The Minimalists Anything, and we've got your questions right here. So thank you, first off, to all of our Patreon folks who are supporting us. Tell your friends, family, pets, everyone who can help us out. <laughs> um, no, we really do appreciate your help, Yeah, no, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. And so we're not going to be answering questions on the, through the live stream today because you already submitted your questions beforehand and what happened was we had them upvoted so you all upvoted them and these are some of the most popular questions that we got so obviously we can't answer all of the questions but we're going to get to the most popular ones here today and also uh, podcast Sean who's s- sitting on the other side of the room he- he's going to put this out as an audio um, uh, podcast for the private podcast that we put out on Patreon as well so you can check that out uh, by the way you can most of you should know this by now but if you don't I, I get questions about it occasionally You can listen to all of our private podcasts on your normal podcast player on your phone. You just copy the link that is in the post. It's at the bottom of every single post on the Minimalist Private Podcast on Patreon. You just copy that link, put it right into your Apple podcast or Overcast or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can listen to it right there. All right, Ryan. These are good. You know, I really like this, uh, the upvoting uh, uh, the 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 way we
0: have it laid out, how we pick the questions. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I haven't read all the questions, um, but the
1: ones that got upvoted, man, they're really, really awesome questions, man. Yeah, we've got, we've got some good questions today. And so it's, what that tells us is that other people have the same questions as yeah. well. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive in here. We want to be respectful of your time and we've got a half hour, so let's do this. Uh, Miranda asks, I often hear you guys talk about leverage. I don't fully understand mm-hmm. what that is. Would you please explain leverage a bit more for me? Leverage, Yes. like like with a fulcrum type. <laughs> well, that's that's the metaphor, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, if you if you have to change your so so the the literal sense, like if you have to change your tire on the side of the road, the reason that you use that big when you have like a a jack, you mm-hmm. you have like the big long. Um, Arm or whatever you want to call it. It's just like a little tiny pole that you just use to to jack it up. That makes it much easier because you have the leverage. It requires more sort of rotations. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's the same with any other task that we're trying to accomplish in our life, not just the things that need literal physical leverage. But but quite often, when you talk about leverage, it's the metaphorical sense. Right. So um, leverage, the first thing I think about
0: when I think of metaphorical leverage, I don't know why that... I don't know. I want to laugh when, when I say metaphorical leverage. Uh, when I think about that, I think about... Um, like a pain versus pleasure scenario so for me like with going to the gym for example um i I did not go to the gym this morning uh mariah and i we have planned to go uh later in the afternoon uh, to make sure that we get there today and the leverage that i'm going to use is is I'm going to think to myself like Ryan when you get to the gym, man, you're really going to feel good, and after that workout, you're gonna you're gonna feel uh, exhilarated. And 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 if you don't go, I'm gonna think about the plan, the pain. I'm gonna think about man, if I don't go, uh, I'm really gonna regret it. Um, I'm, I'm I'm gonna feel like I didn't do anything today, and and then I associate all the discomfort. And what I'm doing is is I'm using the the pleasure of going to the gym as leverage to to motivate myself to get there. And I'm using the uh, discomfort, the, the pain of not going to the gym to also uh, help motivate myself to get there um I, what do you what do you use leverage for most because well, that's the pleasure pain is by far where i use it the most
1: yeah so so i think what you're ta- you're saying there is is pain is is often good good leverage you know people sure. you also hear people refer to it as the carrot and the stick in right. order to stay motivated yeah. sometimes the carrot which is the pleasure you, to, to get you to the other side you're chasing that that carrot that's enough leverage quite often that's not enough leverage and so um what we what we often do is we say okay if i don't do this then i'm going to feel pain right and and whether that's going to the gym or any other thing that you want to do the reason that we don't do the things we want to do i sit down and write this blog post or i want to read this book is we don't feel compelled enough to do that and so we have to find either the pleasure side oh what am i going to get out of this experience or the pain side what mm-hmm. a, what kind of pain am I going to feel if I don't do this and if I don't do it in a, uh, a more effective time frame. And the other thing that, that gives me leverage is setting up my day with some small victories, mm-hmm. right? And, and so instead instead of just uh, waking up and you know, turning on the TV, I feel like a total bum if I were to do that, mm-hmm. right? And, and so if I really want to watch a movie or something, then I'll try to schedule it. And in order to, uh, in order to, to actually fulfill that schedule, I, I need to... I need to be able to to have these little sort of victories throughout the day, and then I will feel feel good about sort of vegging out for an hour or two uh, in the evening. So so leverage it has to do with. Uh, compelling ourselves, finding an external way or even an internal motiv- motivation to to compel ourselves to complete something that maybe is difficult for us to complete
0: yeah, uh, another form of leverage would be like an accountability partner. Um, you can use someone a friend a family member to um, help you to stay accountable to help hold you accountable. Um, I won't ramble on about that because I know we have a few more questions in a limited amount of time. But, but any time that you have a, an opportunity to use leverage like this in your life to do what you want to do to take action, um, that's really what Josh
1: and I uh, are, are
0: talking about when we, we, when we talk about using
1: leverage. Janelle asks, hi, Josh and Ryan. I live in Michigan where we currently have over two feet of snow. Our power has gone out in the past, which means we have no heat or water. I like to keep wow. a good amount of food and water, an emergency radio, propane heater, extra blankets, etc. for our family. What are your thoughts about being prepared for this kind of quote just in case situation that can and does happen? Man, what? <laughs> I man, I wish you wouldn't have held on to that stuff, Josh. <laughs> how, You're a fake minimalist. How pointless. No, and so so I actually think those when you you Uh, accidentally Janelle contradicted yourself here when you said what are your thoughts about being prepared for this just in case situation that does happen well if it does happen and you're certain it's going to happen it's not just in case Uh, I buy toilet paper right Uh, because I know that I'm going to need to use it it's not just in case it's just for when now now here's the thing if I'm if, if I'm in California and I'm holding on to snow tires just for when I need them well, that's a problem, right? In fact, I'm in the process of selling my... Uh, Unless you're in Northern th- California. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> If I'm here in Los Angeles and I have snow You don't snow need tires. tires. <laughs> exactly. Because it, it's just in case... It, that would be just the case for me. But it is... If we're living in Montana, that's just for when. You know the snow is coming no matter what. And it sounds to me like... Janelle, there is a period of time you know. Maybe it's every few years or whatever. These things won't fit into your 90-90 rule or whatever. But you know it's not just in case. These are just for when items. Here's the one question I ask myself, though, when I'm preparing for any of these events. What am I actually preparing for? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I think we're not ask, asking that question very often. We, we also, I'm going to get these items to prepare for a storm or a flood or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we don't know specifically what I'm preparing for. Are you preparing for a week, a month, a year? What's the time frame? And then, uh, quite often, what I've realized when I start going through that exercise is I can't prepare for everything. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that I do need to prepare for, and it's important to prepare prepare for those. But we're never going to pre- be prepared for everything. So many of those things are just in case. But occasionally, if you live somewhere where you know the power is going to go out, or you you know that you need these backup items, those are just for when items. Yeah,
0: when you've got uh, weather that is that is uh, going to change on, on a dime, and and going to you know has a chance of stranding you. I know in Montana, in my car, I've got a blanket, uh, some water, flashlight. I've got a spare tire. I've got a jack in my car. Uh, all of these things that I have, they are uh, for just, uh, just for when scenarios. So yeah, figure out what it is uh, you are preparing for and then figure out um, exactly what you need to prepare for that situation. Because you're right, Josh. You don't want to just build a bomb shelter and throw as much <laughs> crap in there as you can. <laughs> right. You really want to be deliberate with, okay, I'm going if to. If someone wants to build a bomb shelter, great. Like, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to build a bomb shelter, but I'm not going to knock anyone who does. But how long are you planning on staying in that bomb shelter? Is it one month, six months? But just building a bomb shelter and filling it
1: with as much stuff as possible, that's probably not the best plan. Yeah. And, and there. <laughs> We we start preparing for everything. We realize that we're prepared for nothing, right? And, and because uh, the, it's the more you try to prepare for something like that, like there's always going to be the next worst scenario. Well, I've got my bomb shelter. But what happens when the zombies arrive?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, what happens with the fallout?
1: I mean, you, right? I mean, if
0: as soon as you step foot out that bomb shelter. Like in a nuclear disaster, for example, yeah, um, it's so there isn't long enough you could prepare for. Um, maybe there's a chance of rescue or something, but 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 then that's to my point though. Uh, maybe you know a month, six months, whatever it is, but just cramming it full of stuff, trying to prepare for everything.
1: Um, yeah, it's it'll it'll make you, it'll turn you into a hoarder really quick. Here's another rule I go by is if it feels like excess to me, it's probably excess. Mm. And so, what am I preparing for? And for me, I tend to prepare for a week. So, we'll, we'll keep uh, enough water. And here's the thing. like I don't, I don't even keep extra food and stuff because I, I know that like I'm not <laughs> going to starve <laughs> to death. Uh, I, I actually, I keep some stuff for Ella. So, there, I know some stuff that she could eat. But like um, the truth is that I'm not... If it's going to be more than a week, I need to get out of there, whatever yeah, if, it is,
0: yeah, I mean, in the uh, you know if I lived uh in a population or if I was you know on a big huge lot of land and my city had a very low population, I might be prepared a little bit differently sure. than uh living here in Los Angeles, yeah, yeah, for sure
1: all right, our next question is on my phone. Uh, Manuel asks for someone still trying to identify their five main values do, do you believe the five that you list as are, are, that you list uh, it's in our book uh, minimalism live a meaningful life that's what he's talking about here. Do you think those five values are a quote universal five values for everyone if not what? were some of the other values that most uh, that almost made your top five? And what advice would you give someone trying to identify their five main values? So real quick, for the people who don't know what the five are, it,
0: uh, Josh and I, we wrote about that in the book. Josh mentioned uh, minimalism, live a meaningful life. It's health, relationships, cultivating passion, growth, and contribution. Uh, for Josh and I, we have uh, discovered that those are the things that really drive us um, When I feel like I am uh, falling a little bit behind, if I'm feeling a little stress, if I'm just feeling a little bit off, I look at those those five areas and think of them as buckets, and I kinda look at which bucket is the least full, and that's where I really try to put my attention. So maybe I look at my relationships and I'm like, yeah, you know what, I haven't talked to my mom in a while, and it's been a while since I called my dad, I really should probably check in on them. And you know, this isn't a, a magic bullet or, or, or a magic formula that that is like the answer to happiness, but what it does is it helps me to live a a more meaningful life. So. Some of the stuff that I think of that isn't on that list um, that I know other people have put on there. One that definitely stands out um, would be security. Um, that is something I know a lot of my uh, a lot of mentoring students that I have when I have them go through this exercise and uncover their values. Um, security will come up on a lot of those. And for me, security is important, right? Like, I got to know that this ceiling is not going to fall on my head and that this floor is going to hold. And I got to, you know, I want to make sure that I have enough retirement uh, savings in my account. Um, But at the end of the day, I also
1: like uncertainty, too. Yeah, yeah, the the opposite of security. Right, I I like the variety. I like the, sure. yeah. Yeah, So do I think those are the five main values that that those are universal? Yes, I think they're universal. I mean, can you tell me anyone who wouldn't benefit from improving their health or their relationships or being more passionate about something? Uh, Someone who's growing more, they're not gonna benefit from that or someone who is uh, increasing their ability to contribute to the world. Those are all universal, I I think. They're gonna help anyone. Uh, And so I like to look at the values Uh, as four different buckets. Uh, That one is, or maybe four different kinds of values is a better way to put it, right? So those for me are the the foundational values. So if you use the metaphor of building a house, you have to have a sturdy foundation because your other values are are built on top of that. And if you're building on on sand, well, then you're just going to have a house that collapses. And so I think that it starts with those five values. The one thing that I would maybe swap out if uh, passion doesn't work for you is the right word, uh, is the word creativity. So I think they can they can be interchangeable. In fact, I often use that word creativity to talk about uh, it's it's the less sexy side of passion, right? Right. Because well,
0: passion is also kind of an overused word, right? Yeah. It's like every time I hear the word, like I'm careful how I use it. Especially like when I say uh, instead of you know pursuing pursuing passion, I will specifically say cultivating passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you.
1: Yeah, and so creativity uh, and and passion can go hand in hand. So yeah, I think you mm. could sub those out. Sure. But I've got my list here. So if, once you build that foundation, then you have a framework for your house. So the the down to the studs, right. And uh, I would call those your core values. So we started with the foundational values, th- those five. I think those are universal. And for me, some of my core values are, uh, I'll just go through these real quick, uh, autonomy, certainty. So you just talked about certainty, right? Uh, character. So like living congruent with your own values. That's, that's part of my core values. Uh, communication, compassion, curiosity, Freedom, free speech, grace, gratitude, humility, humor, insight, integrity. And I have just like a little one, one sentence uh, explanation for each, what each one of these is. But you have to write it down like not what, a defin- not what a dictionary definition is, but I write down what is, for example, like what does intimacy mean to me? It means a shared close connection with others, right? Uh, leadership, uh, the ability to inspire other people and move them in the same direction. Mobility, more, uh, morality quality, respect, restraint, sexuality, significance, solitude, trust, truth, variety, wisdom. So I probably have, what, 20, 25 core values there. That's the framework that you build the house on. And the next, uh, minor values. This is what makes the house beautiful or makes your life more interesting. And this is sort of the facade on the house, the brick outside, what makes life worth living quite often once we've built the... Now, obviously, you wouldn't just take a bunch of bricks and throw them on a, a pile of sand and say you have a house, right? You have to have that framework and the foundation there first. But then this is what makes life interesting for me. So aesthetics, coffee, concerts, entertainment, environment, guitar, music, reading, social media, uh, style, uh, teaching, technology, tools, like useful possessions. So uh, those are some of the things that just make life more interesting. They're not absolute needs but but uh it's 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 the it's what makes the house sort of more ornate it makes your 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 life your life and then here's the last area imaginary values now we often pretend that something's important to us right uh, for me um one one thing i have in here is chocolate because i am a chocoholic um efficiency. That's another thing. So these, these, these imaginary values, these are the things we often spend way too much time on. In fact, I would, right now I'd move social media into that, that bucket, you know? And so sometimes these, they change over time. They'll move from one area to the other when you realize like, Oh, that's not a real value. That's a pretend value. And so these are often obstacles. They prevent us from reaching our real values because we're spending all this time on social media or gorging on chocolate, right? Uh, Efficiency was one for me because for the longest time i've worked so hard to be efficient you have to be efficient right. but efficient in what right like if i'm just checking my email all day i might be f- an efficient email checker <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't create a meaningful life uh, some other imaginary values for me here at the bottom uh, email instagram <laughs> uh, productivity scarcity we, we often say well, I, I gotta act quick because supplies are limited act now and soon in fact i see it as the opposite now as soon as someone tries to pressure me into making a decision i will step back and okay is this the right decision or am i am i saying yes to this because i feel this this uh, uh the scarcity that right. is encouraging me to act so i think those are different types of values and hopefully that'll help you out let's see here some other questions we have ryan all right katrina says i'm getting married in april how do I ask for no gifts on the invitation? I'm getting scared of all the items we might find on our doorstep. Well, if I was to ever get married
0: again. Again. <laughs> uh I would I would I would probably have fun with it, man. Yeah. Like on the RSVP, I would just this is my style. I'm not recommending this. I'm just, you know, this is what I would do. Right. Um, but feel free to run with this idea. But I, I would I would take the the RSVP. And I would put something at the bottom, like, um, uh, please, no gifts. Seriously, no gifts. Like, if you bring a gift, it will be left,
1: and no one will use the gift. You will have to take the gift home with you. Like, you know, something really absurd. Well, it reminds me of, uh, remember our friend Leo Babalta, he, uh, on his website, zenhabits.net, he he has a little thing on his contact page uh, that said, like, zenhabits is not accepting guest posts, and any requests for them will be met with a karate chop to the throat. <laughs> right. Like that, clearly yes, joking. Exactly. And you could do the same thing. Like, hey, if you bring a gift to, to our wedding, we're going to karate chop you in the throat. Right. Like, <clears> throat> or the other thing I think you could do is is you can, instead of saying, no, I don't want gifts, mm-hmm. tell people what you do want. Set up your own registry page. So whatever your, your you and your spouse's name is. So Katrina and Mike, I'm assuming it's Mike. I, his name <laughs> has to be Mike. <laughs> It's probably just you could do like Katrina and Michael dot com or something like that, and then you could have a, a and on the invitation you just say, uh, a gift registry at Katrina and Michael dot com, mm-hmm. and and then of course on there you could just have list experiences that you want. Yeah. And on that page you could That's say great idea, man. These are the only things we want. Don't get us anything else because your gifts will be met with a karate chop to the throat. Yeah. Throat.
0: And, and and also uh you can ex- you can put something very simple on there like uh please don't bring a present. You know, your presence is the best present. Uh otherwise it'll be met with a karate chop to the throat. So you know, also <laughs> also uh you, you have a couple of different approaches. You could you could do you know, be a little satirical with it
1: mm-hmm. or um, You could hire a person to dress up like a ninja and and, <laughs> the, and have them stand at the gift table. <laughs> That's, wait, why, why is there a gift table? Uh, just with the ninja in front of it. <laughs> and there better be no gifts on that gift oh, table. <clears throat> but
0: yeah, I, I think what we're really getting here is, is setting the right expectation in a, in a way that's appropriate for your wedding. If, um, if comedy is not your route, I mean, obviously Josh and I, we, we like to uh, interject as much comedy as possible. There certainly is a very heartfelt, serious way that you could communicate that message uh, on the RSVP to, to all, of your, all of your
1: guests. For sure. Yeah. All right, next question is from Rachel. She says, I have been able to say goodbye to relationships that aren't adding value. How do you appreciate and grow relationships within your primary circle when the other people are not willing to talk openly, make changes on both sides, and simply have fun? Ryan, how do you change the people around you? Um, I don't ever try to change anyone around me. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: People hate change I hate change it's uncomfortable um, you know I try to get as comfortable as possible with it but but still I think change is, is uncomfortable for everyone when someone tries to change me when they try to force change on me that's even worse so uh, I don't ever try to force change on someone I'm
1: not I'm not gonna say it dude it's your line <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so I, I think that um, if the people in your primary circle aren't making your life better and are dragging you down you need new people in your primary circle uh, so
0: you what would you say
1: you'd uh, say you couldn't change the people around you but you can kill the people in your <laughs> primary circle <laughs> like metaphorically yeah yeah uh-huh out of your life you just yeah just kill them metaphorically <laughs> 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 so no I, I here's the thing i i think that um uh, uh <laughs> sometimes uh, think back to when we were teenagers, Ryan mm-hmm. your inner circle the primary the five primary relationships in your life are radically different from the five primary relationships now oh absolutely and it didn't happen overnight you didn't say all right well uh, it's not a basketball team why well I need a new starting lineup right <laughs> but you'd need a new starting lineup. And that's the thing. It doesn't mean... And so effectively what you're doing is benching the other people. You're putting them in the secondary tier or the third, uh, the, the tertiary tier, which means they get very little play time, or they're just not on the team at all anymore. And and sometimes you have to love people from a distance. And they're, they're maybe on the tertiary, and you'll be there if you need them, but if it's going to take you days or weeks to recover from a conversation. I've had people like that in my life where where I have a conversation with them and all of a sudden I'm I have a shitty day for the rest of the day. Mm, yeah. And 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 that type of person uh, is is dragging me down constantly. I can have that conversation with them. But uh, And some people you can't even have the conversation with, and you'll know who you can and can't have a conversation with. doesn't mean that the ones you do have a conversation with is gonna be easy, you know, it's still hard. If I have to have a, a difficult conversation with Ryan, or if he has to have a difficult conversation with me, we do that from time to time. It's not an easy conversation, but we also know that we can respect each other's point of view, and we can have those conversations without getting offended. But some people are gonna be so offended, there's there's nothing that you can do other than just dist- distance yourself. And the best way to distance yourself is to just actively be less active with them, like intentionally, like like putting a stop to constantly reaching out and needing to be around those people. And then I think what we need to do is put put new people. It's not just get rid of those people and be a hermit somewhere. We have to put new people in that inner circle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, man, it's not a starting a lineup. You're not going to start listing out. Um, you know a, a whole new team of people but if you've got a if you've got a primary circle of people that you want to be friends with and hang out with and they're not treating the relationship like you want them to and you've gone out of your way to express to them how you want them to treat the relationship and they still insist on not doing that well you know that to me that would drive me crazy because that would that would sounds like a relationship where i would be giving everything and and i would be putting into uh you know that 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 what do you call it, the the bank, the... Uh, the
1: us box. The us box.
0: Yeah. If I'm the only one throwing my time and attention into the us box, that's going to feel like a very one-sided relationship. It's not going to feel very good. And that's sounds like where you're at, and that's why you're asking this this question. So, um, yeah, I, I would encourage you to maybe find someone else to bring into your primary circle. Just, just start with one. And let's like, talk about how you can do that real quick. Yeah, I was just going to say, like that you, you can go to... Uh, well, first off, there's minimalist.org. Uh, there are a hundred cities there. Um, they there are a lot of regular meetups uh, right there. You could find some some open minded people, but there's also cool places like meetup.com, yeah. where you can find groups of people meeting with all different types of of, of uh, uh, all, all, all different types of topics. So you could literally go to meetup.com and search knitting, and I guarantee you, you're going to find like a knitting group. You can go in there and search yoga or meditation. Or simplicity, and and you're, you're going to find stuff there. So um, that's that's what I always encourage people to do. Uh- what else do you think?
1: Well, I think when, when you do that, so I think it's that's a great tip to find some sort of group that's going to get you outside of your comfort zone. You're going to be forced to meet some, some new people with similar interests. Mm-hmm. Interests are are a weak way to to build a relationship long-term, but it's a great way to get an in with someone. Just because someone has the same interests doesn't mean they have the same values. So you probably shouldn't marry someone just because they have the same interests as you if they have radically different values mm-hmm. or beliefs, right? And And so... Uh, the beliefs are okay, but but having different values from each other, or, ha- or or being with friends or or lovers with someone who has different values from you, that's, uh, that's a recipe for long term disaster. Yeah, or at uh, least
0: a long long term like uh, yeah contention. Discontent. Yeah, discontent or contention. Yeah, I mean you know if, if I was dating someone who um, we had a lot of similar um, interests but they were a hoarder and I'm just, you know, going to the extreme here. Like if Mariah was a hoarder, um, I probably would not have continued that relationship because I want to be able to see my, (laughs) my living room floor. Um, now if I did decide to go into it, because we did have the same interests, well then there's always going to be that contention of Mm. me kind of resenting the fact that she's a hoarder and then I'm going to be like getting on her all the time about why is she a hoarder and why does she pick up her stuff? And then she's gonna look at me and say, I was like this when you decided to move in with me. So, yeah. So yeah.
1: And I think, I think the other thing to do when we're with, with those new meetup groups or just around a new person, instead of trying to figure out that, that us box right away, figure out what you can give to the us Absolutely. box first before you're trying to take anything. How can I add value to this relationship? Or basically, how can I add value to this other person's life? And, and that, will, that will set up a, a, a dynamic where you are clearly a person who is caring and, and compassionate and is able to contribute. And then the other people quite often when they see that, that role model of contribution, they want to contribute as well. And you can pretty quickly figure out if you have similar values through that process. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we have time for one more, maybe. Let's, uh, let's try to make this count here. All right. Uh, Adam says... Other than decluttering, oh wait, I'm sorry, it's it's Gabrielle. Nope, it's Gabrielle. Sorry, or, or, Adam. Adam, next time. Next time, brother. <laughs> as long as it's upvoted. Yeah, Gabrielle's was upvoted here. This year uh, has been really hard for me financially. Separation plus a burnout. How do I get back on my feet and continue on my debt-paying journey? Mm. Sorry it's been a difficult year for you. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would say is... is uh, It sounds like a few things are conflated here i don't know if they're actually conflated in your head or just in in your question here you said it's been really hard for you financially but it doesn't sound like to me that's what the difficult part is you said you had a separation plus a burnout those are the difficult things Mm -hmm. and now where that's manifesting is in the finances. so it sounds like the underlying problem is not the financial problem totally agree because i had a uh, a habit problem. So I was making really good money in the corporate world a decade ago from, you know, I was making $200,000 a year in Dayton, Ohio at age 27. And um, I had a problem with the way I spent that money. So I was in debt, massive amounts of debt, because I was spending more than I was earning. When I walked away from the corporate world that first year, 2011, I made $23,000 that year. Uh, and I can tell you that I was more financially secure that year than a few years prior to that when I was making almost 10 times as much money. Uh, so I didn't really have a financial problem as much as I had a spending habit problem. Mm. Uh, and, and the real problem was underneath that. The burnout she was talking about the uh, separation and often that makes us make bad decisions in other parts of our life and so the the question then is how do i rebound from a separation or how do i rebound from uh this burnout that i'm experiencing yeah yeah i, I think it goes back yeah it goes back to that leverage man that whether we were talking about
0: earlier it's like what leverage can you find to get yourself back on track so yes you've gone through these difficult times but where do you want to be? What 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 is it that is really driving you crazy? Now, I agree, man. The, the, the financial part is probably not the, the biggest issue. It's just an indicator. It is an indicator. And it sounds like this is the one thing that might be standing out to her that she could act on. Yes. And, and what I will say is that if, if you do start to act on something that you know that you've been uh, uh, lacking on, um that will automatically give you a little bit more confidence it will make you feel better so even if even if you do just focus on the financial thing it's going to make you feel a little bit better but but re- that's for you to decide you've got to decide what is going to add the most value to, uh, to your life, but, but going back to finding the leverage, you've, you've got to find the pain associated with not taking action and you've got to find the pleasure with, with taking action. That is, that is what I always uh, do to help myself get back on track. When, when Josh and I are on tour and we're on the road and, and, and I always go back to working out because like, it is something that I have been able to incorporate in my life that I thought i have never, would ever feel this way about it and, and have the leverage to, to follow through with it. Um, but we'll be on the road and I don't get to work out on on a regular as, uh, I don't get to have a regular workout routine, uh, as I would like to when we are on the road. So when I get back to LA, I actually look forward to it. And I take that joy that I have of looking forward to, to, to the routine and I focus on that. And then I get Mariah excited about it. And then I, I just start to take that and just use that as, as much as I can for leverage to motivate me to get back into it.
1: That's great, man. I think, uh, to sum that up in, in a sentence I was thinking about this morning is uh, uh, sometimes the reward is in the struggle. Yeah. And, and like, so I've, I've been, cause I've finally fixed my back mostly. I've finally, I've been lifting weights again for the first time in five years because wow. I haven't been allowed to. Um, and it's a struggle. Like I went down to the gym this morning and like just pushed it really hard, but that's, that's where the reward is. Like afterward, it's it, that feeling of, accomplishment Mm. that 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 reward and also it puts me in a totally different state and so uh the other thing i'll recommend for your debt is uh check out the total money makeover by dave ramsey yes it's uh, it's a great book for getting out of debt a great system there and then also for budgeting he has an app called every dollar it's a free app all right y'all we're out of time so uh thank you so much for tuning in if you're catching this after the fact We'll see you next time. Keep asking your questions. We'll keep answering them on our monthly live stream. Check out the private podcast as well. we got a bunch of really cool stuff coming for Patreon supporters. All right, y'all. Love people, use things. We'll see you next time. See ya. The
0: minimalists. <laughs>